Hello and welcome to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw on Feral Audio. I am your host. My name is still Joseph Scrimshaw. There is nothing I can do about that. Today's episode features a great stand-up comedian and podcaster named David Huntsberger. See, everyone has names. Anyway, I wanted to tell you a little bit about today's episode. Uh, as always, I emailed my guest to ask them if they would like to do the show, because I don't just sneak up on people at, like, grocery stores and try to interview them about their obsessions. I ask first, which is polite. I'm a very polite podcaster. And when I email people to be on the show, I also ask them ahead of time what they want to talk about. And David wasn't sure. He said, I'm not sure, but maybe, like, some sports stuff or the mystery of life. So I was kind of ready for anything, and as you'll hear on the podcast, he settled into a discussion of his love of the San Francisco 49ers, which is a team that plays the football. And this is actually our second episode in a row about sports here on Obsessed, and I'm really excited about that because I have never been a huge sports fan but I've always wanted to be because I think a huge part of being a sports fan is yelling. And I really, really like yelling. Every Sunday during like football season, when I know there's going to be a bunch of football on TV and I see many friends get super excited on social media about spending all day watching football, I am so jealous because I know they have so much just fucking screaming in front of them. And I've tweeted about this and sometimes my sports friends are like, are you making fun of us? And I'm not. I'm not at all. I want to be more like you. The next time I watch Star Wars, I think I'm just going to scream at Darth Vader the whole time. And in that particularly fun and exciting way where you scream at a television at people who can't hear you and you scream your deepest desires with the full knowledge that there is no way your screaming will actually affect the outcome. That is the way that I want to be as a fan. I want to be able to just scream at Darth Vader things like, no, no, just choke the other guy. No, be a better dad. Put your lightsaber in that thing. And, you know, articulate demands such as that. You just scream at him for not listening to me the way we scream at football players and coaches for not hearing our great play ideas. Just scream, you, you stupid Sith idiot, you Sith idiot, and clever shit like that. That's what I want in my fandom. More clever screaming like Sithiot. Anyway, here are some plugs that I am not going to scream. I'm going to say at regular human volume. First up, Today's guest, David Huntsberger, has a new special out. It is a live stand-up comedy show with amazing animation, like actual animation, like humans drew things that move on your screen. It's also animated in that David has excellent hand gestures, but the more important part is the humans drawing things. The special is called One-Headed Beast. You can buy or stream it at vimeo.com slash on-demand slash one-headed beast. I highly recommend it. 
I've also got a new comedy EP out. It's called A Very Holiday Thing. It is a collection of all my favorite holiday time comedy bits that I've done over the years, including Batman's feelings about Jingle Bells, a breakup letter with the concept of snow, and the myth of adult Santa Claus, which sounds dirty, but it's not. You can find out more on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Finally, my pal and frequent obsessed guest Hal Lublin and I are doing a New Year's Eve show right on New Year's Eve and everything. It is called 2016, A New Hope. There will be comedy, music, and musical comedy. Tickets are available now. Full info also on my website at josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows. And now, sit back, relax, and get ready to scream your opinions at a podcast about David Huntsberger's obsession with the San Francisco 49ers. Hello, and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with an awesome person, David Huntsberger. Hello, Joseph. <laughs> now, do you prefer David or Dave? I feel like I've asked you before. Everyone always does. It didn't come up much until uh, late in my life. I don't remember as a kid it coming up all that much. So I, I usually introduce myself... I guess I used to always just say, Dave? I don't remember. <laughs> um... But like maybe because I for stand up it was always David, yeah. And then um, I don't know. I people uh, I think they would ask me that more because David seems so formal. But I yeah. liked it phonetically. I thought David Hunsberger yeah. is, is a little easier to kind of phonetically jump. It's through better to David. announce for stand up, right? Yeah, like David Hunsberger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get the end to the first name in a beginning. Well, like with an H sound, it can kind of bleed. Dave Hunsberger. Like, yeah. Is it Hunsberger? No, it's Hunsberger. So <laughs> David Hunsberger, I think, made that easier to remember. Yeah. But most of my friends and people, and not putting any pressure on anyone to refer to me as Dave, but uh, most people call me Dave. Most people that are like in my life call me Dave. Okay. See, because I prefer Joseph pretty actively. I've gotten okay. very uptight about it. Yeah. Uh, so The two syllables? What is it? Yeah, it's the two syllables. And uh, it is, I feel like Joe Scrimshaw sounds like somebody who works with their hands. <laughs> yeah, like somebody well, you who have... does like manual labor. And I'm not a manual labor guy. I'm a Joseph. But you do I'm have a... your cuffs of your jeans rolled up, though. That's true. But that's just because like... I can't find good. I'm a fancy man. <laughs> you, I mean, you've got the cool hair. Like, that's Joe hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little 50s. There's some product in it. Yeah, sure. yeah. and Joe in the 50s yeah. would beat up Joseph. Yeah. Like the, oh, well, I think all Joes would always beat up Joseph. And I think that's part of it. It's like, I'm not a, maybe. I, I'm a guy who gets beat up. I am not a beater upper. Yeah. But I mean, the look though, that you have going, like they're cool. Joes, Joe cool. Is yeah, a exactly. cool, like that's a cool, you can be Joe. Yeah. And I like, uh, but I understand where you're coming from. Um, Elliot Smith is really with Steven. Okay. I think, I think it's Steven. And he thought that was too butch, like a little too like, you know, footballish <laughs> Steven Smith. Yeah. So Elliot Smith is a little softer. Yeah. I mean, he went a totally different route because you, you know, Steven, I think could work Steven Smith, but yeah, sure. just going an entirely different route to a different. So Joseph, it fits you. If it, like, yeah, I, I feel, I feel like I am a Joseph. Uh, there are some people that I have, sorry to jump in there, no. but there are some people that have a, please call me Philip. And they just reek of a fill to me. Okay. Yes. I don't even know a Philip that says that, but you know, like the idea of that yeah. definitely happens pretty regularly where I go, no, I just don't see. Like, <laughs> see, and to me, you seem like right on the cusp of a Dave or David, because yeah. you are easygoing, you're, mm -hmm. or at least your your aura is easygoing. Sure. But having seen your stand up and and talked to you, I know that 
your thought process is meticulous and specific. <laughs> so that's a very well thought out way. You've, it seems like you've spent some time thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think about names a lot, and I do think about other standups a lot. It's it's yeah, their, I mean, their general vibe. The, yeah, probably the opposite of you. When I think of David and people go like Tig was really big into. Please call him David. I'm sitting right there. Like, <laughs> she really likes David more so. And I think it might come from that, like thinking that I'm much more, I'm organized. I make my bed. I'm very pretty detailed. <laughs> That's a very specific yeah. thing in my life. You don't I make think of Dave making his bed. <laughs> Dave's don't make bed. Nah, Dave's don't make their bed. They're cool at parties and they like bring chips or whatever. Yeah. They're Dave's. They're but Dave's. yeah, but they don't, they don't make their bed. Right. Yeah. But overall, like I'm not too particular about, I think the standard things like uh, my car or things I own or how I dress. Yeah. Or, so I think David would care like where certain articles and how they were displayed in his home were. And so <laughs> yeah. I don't really care about any of okay. that stuff. So I think I'm more Davish in that regard. Excellent. So yeah, maybe I am a, a cuspy, a cuspy yeah. Dave. A David. cuspy Dave, David. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it, it gives me pause every time like I send you an email because like my. Knee-jerk reaction right now is to use people's whatever's name is in their bio yeah. or whatever. Sure, uh, I I think um, if I sometimes will like you know sign off on an email like thanks Dave. Um, I think it throws people sometimes. I think they'll respond like, hey, David. So and I, that's fine with me. And yeah. then, so I won't keep hammering them with like, and again, it's Dave. Like, it's really uh, hard to correct people on your name. I feel like a huge I asshole. Have. I usually just say, if people ask me, like, is it Dave or David? I say, it's totally up to you. I yeah. think, you know, if, if whatever you like is fine with me. So um, I, I think I am kind of a bit of both, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I, and for me, like Letterman was the the only person I could relate to with that, that Mm. I never got asked that until I was like well into comedy. It wasn't even, but you know, like Dave's all new tonight, ladies and gentlemen, David Letterman. Right. It's the David Letterman show and it's proper, Mm -hmm. but then come on, we're just sitting and chatting with Dave. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like he and I are kind of similar in that regard. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, maybe someday I will become on uptight. But I, <laughs> I, I told people I didn't care for years, uh-huh. and they would always revert to Joe. And, and then, then I decided I wanted to be Joseph, uh-huh. and then people wouldn't. And that's when I got uptight and pissed. He's like, well, it's you my did name. open the door. Where there. did it ever come? Yeah, but at this point, like, there are some people, like, I've only lived in L.A. for, like, you know, a little over a year and a half now. And uh-huh. Everywhere says Joseph. I yeah. introduce myself as Joseph. So when people come back to me with Joe, like... You're just too lazy for the second <laughs> syllable. Is that what it's about? Because there's no evidence yeah. anywhere. You're asking them to type, you know, what, three, four more letters? Yeah, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so. it's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people type J-O-E and yeah. then just some S-P-H in there somehow. Like, <laughs> the rest of it will take care of itself. Uh, speaking of uh, being uptight, uh, let's talk a little bit about your obsession. Sure. Okay. Which you um, are also relaxed about, uh, yeah. because you're not sure what it is yet. I'm phasey. So <laughs> <laughs> I've probably had a multitude of obsessions in my life, but nothing that really stuck. Yeah. Um, so they all kind of, they're all like patches, I guess, on my person maybe. Yeah. And then I'd, and I'd dig through and find an old one. Oh yeah. I was really into that for a while. But you like totally let something go. Like you'll be like, I'm all about the Transformers or whatever. And they're like, I don't care about Transformers anymore. I think I get into it as much as I let it go. 
Um, okay. So, and usually it's hobbies. There aren't a ton of things that I like. I never got, even as much as I love the Ninja Turtles or like He Man or things mm-hmm. that every little boy my age at that time was really into. I got into them, but it, you know, maybe it would result in having like a lunchbox or maybe a t shirt. <laughs> and then if I lost that shirt, I'd be like, okay. Uh, and then the one thing that's kind of stuck, and is, and I hate it because I, on many levels, I don't like it. And I don't know if it's an obsession or just. It's become kind of a time addiction, not like an addiction where like I, I got to do that. But if I'm given the right circumstances, meaning like being a little listless at my house, I will revert to, or if I'm standing in line somewhere, I will get on my phone and usually look up some sort of sports thing pertaining to the 49ers who I don't like the NFL. I do the concussion stuff is the, the referees involve themselves in every game to a level that's unwatchable. They take (laughs) away all the fun. It's, it's, it's horrendous. And and I don't like being associated in a very Dave and David way, like people who align themselves and love the NFL. A lot of times I cannot stomach them. Those aren't people you want to hang out with. It's, I I love to drink beer. And when I'm around people who love drinking some beer, I typically don't like them. If you you know, like (laughs) this is all about the Dave, David. (laughs) And I'll come back to that. But, uh, there is something about, I like to read. I like to read fiction and nonfiction. I like to spend my time feeling like ah, I'm being fairly productive here. This is worthwhile. And yet I don't watch reality TV and whatever it is for like that part of your brain that I think mm-hmm. everyone has or needs to sort of satiate. It's always sports to me. It's always like this is going to be absolutely inconsequential in every way imaginable. Yeah. And yet I kind of like to know it. I don't know why. I wish it was something more like, I want to know more about history. You know, human something rather. Well, how did you find the 49ers specifically? This is crazy. Neither of my parents are sports people. Yeah. And I think it was from, uh, as a kid, you know, we had a big wooden TV, you know, those type that oh, had yeah. a wooden top and, and the silver buttons on the side. I didn't even know how the buttons really operated. I just would kind of push through them and see what came up. <laughs> every now and again, HBO would show up oh, wow. for like a month. And every now and again, MTV would show up for like a month. So it, it was really just like a who knows what you're going to get kind of sample package with these buttons. So you just kind of rolled the dice with your television. Usually. And okay. as a kid, like, I don't think you'd know really a schedule. I mean, this is pre, probably right before kindergarten when I was, you know, okay. five-ish, I got into them. And I think I would just like go lay on the couch and I, and then you had to get up and walk over and push the buttons. And then I really liked, um, like the joy of painting was great. There was this show called Fishing the West, which was really great. Fishing the West? <laughs> they oh, would fish. Was that on HBO? It sounds very adult. It was on uh, the local Fox affiliate, I believe, in <laughs> Reno, Nevada. Fishing the West. Fishing the West. And I'd hear that song. I think that came on after football. But there was something about flipping through the channels and suddenly seeing this thing that was totally different than everything else is these little men dressed in costumes okay. who would race around and kind of like push each other back. And it was and the 49 you were seeing in particular. Yeah, and they had these great, you know, like gold uniforms and the symbol on the helmet was really cool and it shined in a yeah. and I would draw it all the time and I drew motorcycles, fighter jets from Top Gun and <laughs> football helmets and a handful of other things like dirt bikes and trucks and things like that. So, have you followed them? Yeah, in, incessantly. I mean, my entire – and with the advent – I don't think I was obsessed at all. I liked them. I was a sports fan in the perfect way where, like, I kind of knew – I knew who was coaching. I knew who the, most of the players were. Um, 
But I wouldn't know, like, the last draft pick they got. So okay. they wouldn't know some unsigned players or, like, the practice squad. Or I mean, a football team just goes on and on, and there's this bottom yeah. part of it that just gets churned over, like, daily. So keeping up with those transactions was... No one knew that. No one had any idea what was happening there until smartphones and the ability to, like, look on blogs and see that, like, the beat reporters were covering but that. And the fantasy football makes that stuff, like, actually important. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Because you, with fantasy football, like, those players, if they make the active team, they get added to that bank, like, okay. the database or whatever. So I never really played much fantasy football, but the... Uh, for me, I just, you know, it was, it was, once you get like, not obsessed, but get really interested in something and it yeah. becomes like a bad habit, I would be, you know, I, I, I would have to know like, who, who's this new person they signed? And suddenly I'm like watching YouTube videos of some person who's never going to see the field, who's just on the team for like two weeks. And then I'd have a, a series of like thoughts and opinions about them and their career and like, <laughs> why I like them. Like there could not be anything less significant and, Yet I knew in, entirely about it. And you didn't want to engage with other people. Like if somebody came up to you at a party and was like, how about them 49ers? You'd be like, fuck off. I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like, you know, probably like any other addict where you can sense someone out. You hear them in conversation <laughs> talking and you might go over and be like, what do you think about this new GM? And if they go, oh, I don't know who that is. You're like, this person's not holding. <laughs> you, you ask these weird questions like, you see that guy they picked up in the fourth round? If that person knows that. That suddenly you're off like in a conversation that really goes like, but do you remember back in '83? You know, like it really. And I don't. And it's not nerdy. It's not trying to like outdo anyone. Yeah. There's just some aspect to it. And again, like it's not. It doesn't translate well, especially in comedy. Like people know everything about Star Wars. They know everything about yeah. certain pop culture things that like are much more um, uniting. I guess. Yeah. Well, you can't talk about the theme, and I feel like yeah. Uh, you know, there can be stories that emerge in sports if you follow a person's, a specific player's, like, life and story. Yeah. But other than that, it is a matter of statistics and numbers. I was at a party with some friends who like sports much more than I do, and we talked about Star Wars for most of the night. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation turned to sports, and it was literally like a sitcom where they were just passing numbers <laughs> around, and eventually they all looked at me, and I just said, <laughs> I have literally nothing to add. Yeah. Like, and every once in a while, some sports player's name would come up and, like, I've heard of that person, so I know they're a really big deal. Like, I couldn't. Yeah. Anybody else can at least go, like, I've never seen Star Wars. Why, why is it a big deal that Dork Vader is Luke's dad or whatever? And, like, there's an entry point of, like, uh, just a little bit of cultural knowledge. Yeah. But with, like, sports, yeah, numbers uh. or get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and the num I mean, they have these metrics now that are really fascinating i mean i i studied math in college i didn't get my degree in it but i, I got like a minor okay and so a part of that involved like doing algorithms and these like really complex differential equations and things that they use to examine like from a particular point on the field what are the probabilities of this happening how does this play influence the overall game's outcome yeah and there are certain plays where like if this goes this way, this team's win percentage probability goes up to like 80. And if it goes the other way, it'll drop down to like five. Yeah. So those are the big plays where everyone stands up and just kind of like, what are they going to do here? <laughs> and so they're really standing up and cheering like a mathematical probability. Yeah. And yet it's played out by little human figures, you know? Yes. Little... With little macho narratives. Exactly. With yeah. yeah. And so 
there is something very human to me about it. I wish fantasy football hadn't gotten so tied in because it's, it's in a weird way made it much more generic. And there is something like reality TV and our nature to be drawn toward success of something outside of us, like an entity that's not us. And yet we, we, we attach ourselves to it. Like I want to see Han Solo save the day. Yeah. I want to see these characters fight and win. And so suddenly like you've aligned yourself with a team that is doing that every year. And when you, and then there's a person at the very top who owns them. And then it's like a restaurant or any sort of corporate structure. They have a a manager and they got someone that orchestrates like the payroll. And then they have a coach and a series of people within that and on and on. And so when one of those people makes a poor decision and you watch and go, "Ah," you know, they have to have all these pieces sort of orchestrating as this weird kind of organism on the field. It, it is easy to, you know, like write it off and be like, Oh God, it's guys in tights running into each other. I do that with other, like with baseball or things like that. Right. Yeah. It's just not for me. It's just, it's so slow and boring, but baseball even more so being more like numbers driven, but football for whatever, I think it's tied into part of my like five-year-old brain and right. it's tied into like the way it, those shiny helmets struck you. <laughs> yeah. Or just, you know, what bad habits like do you have that you come to terms with and you go it's just how I operate I guess that's just right. how it is like I have had very few periods in my life where I was like learning a language and exercising and eating well and, and reading books and bettering myself and really being productive right and even if you do that, after a period of it, you really wear thin you're like I don't want to keep this up forever this is not fun I need to like kind of bemoan something or I need to kind of I don't know why, but I need to kind of go, all right, you've wasted enough time. <laughs> uh, is, do you think it's like a defense mechanism? I don't know what it is. I think if I were, if I had a really stressful high level job and I was really, really overusing my brain, it would make more sense. Cause I'd be like, Oh, of course it's like this escape, this yeah. getaway. But I look at it more of like, you know, uh, like the time machine or something like that, where, you know, or idiocracy or things where like people given the option of, I'm going to go to the symphony or I'm going to go see this play or this thing that challenges me. Yeah. Or I'm going to sit here and eat donuts and just watch something horrible. I, I view it more like that. I think okay. that it's me kind of giving into this sort of, well, our brains, or at least mine, really craves this nothingness, this kind yeah. of just utter thing that's just devoid of anything substantial. Yeah. Well, and I feel like uh, I spend a lot of time watching television and movies and pop culture and a lot of stuff that is sort of like mm-hmm. uh, traditionally thought of like that's pretty but vapid but, but you're a writer i mean that, that's a yeah. world you can at least chalk it up to like well i gotta know what's out there right I mean, and that's the thing is i think even things that culturally we kind of i think it's stopping i think we used to see like orchestra and plays are good entertainment and like yeah. comic books television fuck off yeah um, and i feel like that's changing uh, partially just because they make so much money that has to change <laughs> yeah. uh, but i feel like even in some of like the worst entertainment that i like I'll find like, well, why do I like it? Yeah. Uh, and there, I, there will be things that like, it, this was not executed well creatively by anyone involved, Yeah. but somehow there's still this thing that resonates with me. And I feel like, I mean, what you're saying is like, eh, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of eating donuts and doing nothing. But at the same time, you just describe doing math in your head as you watch <laughs> yeah. this complex probability yeah. play out well, and on then the field, like, which sounds like pretty highfalutin and advanced. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's just got to be a way to like defense it, you know, <laughs> to give it some some sort of like rationality. Because it, it, 
but I mean, to, to like the way that we are built to enjoy uh, a story, heroes, redemption, yeah. characters that we just like, even just peripheral characters. The the shows about reality stars, and we're hoping they turn their lives around, or maybe yeah. this is the episode where they get their break, or that they get enough food for the winter, or whatever the hell it is. Like we we watch them and for whatever reason, go like this is so dumb, and yet there's something endearing, or there's something connective about that, and yeah. I. You know, with learning about certain players on the team or whatever, and you go like, I hope that person makes it. Like, they had a tough life, and they've really worked hard, right. and and that's why I think people wear people's jerseys. Is there? It's the same way of being like, this is my Han Solo costume, right? Absolutely. I that's the person out of this whole play and all these characters. I like that one the most, and so I think that's kind of what it is. And certain plays in the game, maybe that person comes through, and they're the key pawn or the key chess piece that that knives through and saves the day or whatever. Yeah, and, and then you feel day. like I won. Right, The person yeah. I supported vicariously won. Yeah. But so these are some general football things, but you're still specifically tied to the 49ers, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the game. As I know, it's so, like, violent and all the comparisons to the Roman Coliseum and all those things people say, I totally agree. Yeah. And yet people base jump and fly around in, you know, squirrel suits and do a lot of dangerous things because you make some decision at some point to say like, well, it's my life and yeah. I get so much joy out of doing this that it's not the money. I'm not, you know, beholden to this group because they, I can walk away. I can quit at any point. So I operate under the assumption that that's how every player is. That that's how the players feel. They, yeah. You know, I don't like to think that they are from a, such a terrible economic situation that their families would be going, you cannot walk away. You're making so much money. You can better all of ours. Yeah. I don't think there are many football players. They're like, please, my head hurts so much, honey. Please let me quit. And they're like, no, get out there. Get yeah. Out I mean, there. I put your head in that man's abs. Yeah, exactly. I, I played when I was a kid and I really liked it. And I knew it was, you know, I'd get hurt sometimes and I would kind of, you know, make it up in my mind. Like, hey, it's just worth it. Like I, I like doing okay, it. You know? cool. And so I, I, I watch it with that sort of, and maybe that's just me justifying it to myself, but I, I can watch people skateboard and fly yeah. around and not go, but 15 teenagers last year were paralyzed by this. This is a statistic. I think that's the growing. difference is just the marketing because skateboards or base jumping or whatever, that's advertised as extreme. Right. You know, people doing cool, dangerous stuff. Yeah. And football is like, hello, America, pie. <laughs> this is warm and cozy and normal. And that's yeah. this, you're told that it's, if, if the story was like, Let's watch some young men who are risking their health for the rest of their lives out of their <laughs> own desire to do so, to achieve glory. I think that you'd at least feel a little bit more honest about it. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, there are a lot of things I like about sports, but that's one of the things, like, I always watch the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and that's always one of the things that kind of watch over me is just being a little weirded out by the media face of what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there'll be a guy on the field motionless and a cart coming out and, and 30 guys kneeling around there with all holding hands and it's dead quiet. And the announcers will be going, well, that just goes to show you, you know, like, <laughs> like it doesn't, no, it doesn't. Stop talking. You don't have to yeah. lighten this mood. You know? uh, it looks like an ACL tear to me. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, that, it, there's so many things that are gross about it for sure. And, you know, like when you think of the running man or movies where they have these really heinous sort of 
wildly popular games, yeah. they, they advertise them as what they are. You know, Laser's going to come out here and he's got 40 kills this year. Yeah. And we'd be like, wow, crazy. Imagine a world like that. And then football kind of is that, but they don't glorify like this guy is ruined three people's knee this year. Yeah. Or right. Like that. They don't glorify it. Right. And you get penalized if you do. Yeah. Yeah. The things trying to harm people on that. So, yeah, it's, it's moving in that direction. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's overall, I prefer it if it had just stayed at a level where, you know, like I have some friends in Portland and they go watch soccer which is, you know, a very hip thing to do. It's so, yeah. like, atypical and, like, we, we have all the right reasons to like this. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it hasn't been, like, overtaken by corporate greed and the players play because they love it and it's fun. And Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I mean, in America, but soccer is huge in right. the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, in, in the, the NFL's designed to sort of broaden it and take it everywhere and have worldwide games and... I think that'll be successful. If football is still around in 20 years, it'd be kind of surprising. And if it's not in, um, like, a variety of other countries, it'd be even more surprising. Because they're... They, they send out their little tendrils and they kind of <laughs> feel around in the UK and go, maybe we're into this. And because as a game, you know, rugby is kind of neat, but it's just kind of always going. And soccer yeah. has a lot of standing there and surveying things. And, and football definitely has a lot of just standing there. But when it's time to do the play, it's so weird that all these people are executing their job to like listen yeah. to this bizarre combination of words, then run over to a certain spot on the field then listen for when the go command is, and then run out and go exactly zig this way and come and block this guy at this right. It, and then one person screws up and they go back to the huddle and go, all right, didn't go so great. <laughs> so do you, you like it in terms of like uh, how exciting it is that you can watch like each play unless it gets interrupted by a referee, right? Yeah. You get to watch each. It's like each... You can enjoy each little bite. I like chess a lot, and I, I think it's the most closely... It's more similar, you okay. know? Like, tennis is a neat game, golf is a neat game, baseball... Are they all... I mean, I don't I don't really see the, <laughs> the, the thing with bowling, and yet if you go bowl, you're like, oh, this is really hard. I mean, so there's something to every sport <laughs> right. when you're trying to do it. You're like, oh, this is pretty difficult. But there's something with football where... The team element, like if, if someone screws up, there's another person to come kind of help them and they okay. operate as this unit. But yeah, the plays in general are the most chess-like to me. I just, there's something about that, I think, yeah. that I, I really have, since I was a little kid, have enjoyed of, man, this team knows that this other team is coming right at them and all they have to do is stop them. They just have to stop that stupid <laughs> ball and they keep not doing it. <laughs> so it's like life. Uh, do you feel like you know the game and the 49ers well enough that you have opinions about what play they should be doing? Oh, yeah, constantly. I mean, that's okay. a huge part of being a sports fan. And I, yeah. you know, I would go and watch games when they were horrible. I mean, it, they were great when I was a little kid, and then they were horrible for a decade. And I would go, like, I'd always find a friend who had some sort of affiliation with football, and yeah. we'd make a deal, like, hey, why don't we go to, like, a sports bar? And, you know, we'd try to find places that would have football on but didn't have a lot of sports fans there. Okay. Which is sometimes difficult to find, but you can always find right. it. So we'd be in a quiet place just eating food and watching our respective teams, and they were horrible. And and so a lot of that is afterward if you run into a fellow fan and you're like, why didn't they throw it there? Yeah. What are you doing? You know, like, <laughs> the, the whole like armchair quarterback thing or um, 
you know, like Bill Burr's podcast, the Monday morning podcast, that's like a takeoff on like yeah. Monday morning quarterback. Cause that's what everyone does. They meet, you know, Monday after all the football games have been played and go, what, what people mean, should have done. Here's what he should have done. So I'm interested in your relationship with other fans. So yeah. it sounds like you don't like maybe kind of stereotypical or certain kind of fans, but you like, yeah. you, but you still want to talk to people about it and have the experience of socializing over it. It's like, um, man, I mean, there are just so many levels to every, Every tier of enjoyment. People <laughs> yeah. people might like food, and there are people who are wild about, like, Subway or Pizza Hut. Yeah. I don't have any interest in talking with them. <laughs> and people that are... <laughs> just about anything, right? <laughs> yeah, just in life. Get away from me. <laughs> but people that are... Uh, and that, But that doesn't mean the people that might have popped in your head. I mean, that could be, like, hipster, goofy comedians. That oh, are, yeah. Oh, we go need a ton of pizza. Like, I don't care. I don't care how irreverent you're being. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, and yet people that are at the highest level that know food really well, know the enzymes and the ingredients that are brought out at certain temperatures and what yeah. pairs well and why, I'm fascinated by that. I'd love to hear about it, but I don't feel entirely comfortable chatting with them. Okay. You know, so, I just feel like I, I'm outmatched here. I, I wish I appreciated this as much as you do. It's fascinating. And I think later in life I could get into that. So sports is kind of the same. So you're trying to find the perfect match where you feel socially sort of comfortable, like we're on the same playing field knowledge-wise yeah. and emotion-wise intensity? It just get like Pizza Hut and Subway do so much, <laughs> they do so much branding and they've subconsciously influenced people via jingles or whatever into yeah. why they like it, that people are wearing players' jerseys or blindly cheering for a team um, without any real knowledge. Like, I love the 49ers. I always will. But this, this past year, like, their owner fired a very successful coach and moved in someone who has not been doing well. So there is a lot like people flew a banner over the last game that was like, you got to get rid of this owner. He's the worst guy. <laughs> yeah. And that sentiment is from a fan base that's kind of knowledgeable of being like, we, what do we do here? Like we want to support the team, but we're so frustrated that this guy running them doesn't seem to care about us. So it would mean boycotting the games, not watching them, not going right. to the games. And yet how can I do that? I've, I've been a fan forever. Um, so, so that, like, that aspect to it is difficult because, like, the, the majority of fans who've been advertised to and they just immediately go, if you leave the team, you're just a bandwagon fan. You don't really support the team. Like, right. you idiot. You've just been taught to say that. You have no <laughs> idea what happened behind the scenes. Subway is fresh, right? So, <laughs> Subway. Also, the ingredients are fresh. <laughs> it sticks in your head. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly that. So that's frustrating to me because that's who the NFL would love to have. People blindly throwing their money and going, go support the team. Hey, gotta support the team. Right. So maybe that's another reason that, that the media fronting face of the of the sports I don't like is is trying to indoctrinate people. Yeah, like, yeah, all definitely. businesses do that. Yeah. Certainly entertainment does want like Marvel and Disney just want you to love Marvel unquestioningly. <laughs> yeah. But and people do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I think that I think there's uh, there's a little bit of a you, you do. machismo to it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's more in sports. It's getting there in entertainment, I mm -hmm. think, where there's, you know, there's lots of kind of... You said that with a little hesitation, like you've maybe had it with Marvel a little bit. Like oh, no. Not of course. No. I have, I've yet to run into someone that doesn't have at least one Marvel character that they love unconditionally. Oh, I... But yeah, I mean, I am a big enough uh, geek that I, I'm fascinated by the process that they're managing mm -hmm. for the first time to actually put comic books on screen because yeah. comic books are serial based. So you need the baggage of 
these eight characters know each other this way, and this thing happened yeah. to them ten years ago. So I'm finally getting to see that. I also just have a huge threshold for things that are not traditionally good. Like, I mean, <laughs> I am an artsy guy. I have are. a liberal arts degree. I can sit and watch a film and tell you by what the angle of the camera means. Yeah. I can defend a film being good in sort yeah. of traditional academic circles. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of, as a viewer, don't give a shit. <laughs> If it speaks to me on some level, it's the, I would I say care. that that is the equivalent of because comic books are the most popular things in the world now. If someone says like I'm a geek, it doesn't convey the same thing that it did long ago, which is no. like I go down to my basement yes, and I, I look at I kind of have to get away. I don't even even though I don't have a basement, I got to go in a room or somewhere where people might not see this. And part of it is I don't want them to touch the pages. I don't want them to get yeah, it's very so, persnickety. Yeah, yeah, and so. And now that is the biggest thing in the world. And I think, you know, football in its early stages maybe was that, but the comparison maybe between like chess and that, there is yeah. still no chess league on TV. There is, you can maybe go to the park and watch people play and that's about it. So like for you with a liberal, liberal arts degree to go watch a film, you're like, man, I love that, but I just have this weird itch in the back of my head where like <laughs> I would rather be playing video games or not be sitting in here. And I don't know what that is because yeah. there's a part of your brain that's watching the screen going, it's phenomenal. And another part of it's like, and I don't care. I, I'm kind of bored. And I hate that. I mean, I <laughs> are we evolving? Are we changing as a species where we don't... If Beethoven's Ninth was played right now, would we all be going, stop the car. This is un unbelievable. Or would yeah. we be going like, it just keeps doing the same. Blah, blah, blah. I think we're just getting to be super interactive. I feel like going to a movie used to be like, I'm going to a dance recital. And I sit in the audience and I watch people dance. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even when we're in the audience now, like, we're dancing with the movie because yeah. we are analyzing it. We're forming our opinion. Mm -hmm. There's a huge market for having a strong opinion yeah. about movies where you can actually make money and build your career after off of being the most knowledgeable <laughs> yeah. and opinionated. Yeah. But even just casual conversation, like water cooler conversation, if water cooler still exists in offices, <laughs> and that's the thing that happens, used to be just like, did you see so-and-so shot so-and-so on late night soap opera? Yeah. Yep. But now it's just, I mean... Even the most normal person can go in depth. Uh, so I just feel like I feel like we we are evolving to be interactive. To a, to a degree that it, it I don't know what it does to art, and I think it the proliferation proliferation of people entering into the artistic fields has certainly opened the gates to people who have no business being in it, and that could have been said long ago, forever. I mean, but yeah. but you know, with like the smartphone being an access to beat writers who write blogs on every player that's on the team it, it allows anyone to pontificate and be a bit of a an expert or a pundit on sports and go oh they shouldn't have drafted that guy that i would have drafted and so now yeah. you're second guessing the gm which those used to be pretty clandestine operations and who was cast and who was directing and who was going to make a movie you just had to wait you maybe hear like Jack Nicholson's going to be in it? Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Oh, cool. Him and Michael Keaton, this could be great. And then yeah. you just wait, and then you'd watch it. And now people know every aspect, so you go into it like, all right, so I know who's going to play this person. I'm going to watch them and see how they're going to do at it. And then well, I know who directed it. And I'm going to compare this to some of their other films as well. Yeah. So it is so much more interactive where are we even just sitting there and enjoying it? I kind of like that art before used to seem like it came from this special from this world. other place. I yeah. agree with that. I've been really, really mad about uh, the amount that they're giving away for The Force Awakens. 
Um, but yeah, there's a whole other story. I, I that wanna, in yeah. itself is a whole conversation. I think about all yeah. of that because it is all branding. It is all marketing. They the last. I would say the the sixth one or the third, however you look at it, was pretty good. You know, with yeah. him, I thought him becoming Darth was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty rad. Yeah, so, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then, but the the two prior to that, no one liked. And yet, everyone now could not be more excited. They're so fired up to go yeah. see this thing that is the quintessential. We're branding. We're making toys. We're selling you yeah. gifts and and stupid crap. I, I I don't I don't get that. I think that there is uh, similar to sports. I feel like there is this sort of forward face veneer of easily seen through marketing and manipulation, and mm-hmm. they want the public to fall in line. Of course, and it is comforting and easy for us to fall in line because it's just familiar and it gives us identity. Mm-hmm. But then I think, like with sports, if you dig deep, there is just like with sports. If you can like, I find this player or even this GM at this point, I like where like there is something rich and true about his narrative that speaks to those human desires to yeah. hear a story. And I feel like for as polluted as Marvel and Star Wars and many other franchises have become, there's still that core deep thing that resonates. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. But I was going to say on the sort of whole sort of death of mystery culture is the way I think of it is like, we want to know everything. <laughs> we must know everything. Yeah, That's a really cool thing. I hadn't thought about sports that way of like, that's the one thing that sports can never really, uh, fall to the way media has is you can't know what's going to happen in the game. Yeah. You can't people... get a teaser of like, and so, and so is going to break his ankle. You don't know <laughs> in which act. Yeah. But they can always go to commercial and like, well, it's a pivotal third down. We'll find out after this. And it keeps you all the drama and it gets down to the end. And yep. like they're calling their final timeout. There are 11 seconds left. We're going to go to timeout with them. And you're like, no, <laughs> like those elements are that occur naturally. Yeah. That's a huge reason why I love sports is all the things that reality TV tries to, you know, John's out hunting in the wilderness <laughs> and one slip of the blah, blah, blah could, it could prove disastrous. And then a branch breaks and they did this big dramatic zoom away. When we come back, and then you come back, and John's like, "Oh, it's just a branch. I'm fine." <laughs> like that was not, nothing dramatic. John stepped around the branch. Uh, get your John stepped around the branch T-shirts. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. That it's a good thing that speaks towards being engaged by sports. Of you, truly, it's a truly communal experience. You can't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, within certain parameters. So, what would what what is your advice about how to get into sports or a specific team like the 49ers and get around that feeling of this is a world for other, for like macho, yeah, macho, true, normal Americans. Like I can't, <laughs> I try to see things from every perspective, yeah. but I just don't, I just, that's not me. Yeah. It's tough because going to the games are dreadful. I mean, people who go out and yell things and it's unbearable. I mean, there'll be children around and people don't care. They paid money and they're going to yell with their full of plastic leaders, full of Bud Light. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's dreadful. So I would highly recommend avoiding that. Don't go through a, <laughs> don't start with a live game. The okay. weird thing though is it can be fun. You get in a right. good pocket of people and you're high fiving and even people from the opposing team will turn around and be like, that was a good play. And you're like, oh, okay, we're all enjoying this as a game. It's yeah. not this, your team sucks and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Which happens pretty regularly. So you have to just stand there and be like, I'm quiet. I'm just sitting in a <laughs> seat trying to enjoy what I've paid some money to be here to do. So if you get in a situation where like you're around people who are 
you know, enjoying it or knowledgeable, but not maniacal. It can be fun. I, I know a lot of people that have like, whether they were, you know, homesick for a while or laid up with an injury that happened to start watching it and be like, hey, this is really strange, but it's, it's like the most macho guys and they stay home for a while. Like, well, at some point go, do you like Ellen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause they've watched, they've watched yeah. Ellen. They're like, I, I, this is kind of embarrassing. I, I like Ellen. Yeah. And they'd say that with Oprah or it's just like anything you give a chance. There's a reason it's popular. There's a reason it, yeah. it you don't have to align yourself with like, but I'm bookish and I would never, <laughs> I know yeah. plenty of people that are completely bookish and like the straight, like monster trucks or whatever else. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I would have a great way to offer like how to get into it. Cause if you go like, the worse the competition or the worse that it's um, distributed, like high school football, the worse the product is. Yeah. So, like, you could go to a college game, but you're going to run into the same idiots there. I mean, there's really. That's <laughs> <laughs> idiot training, right? Yeah. Uh, the college games. Yeah. Now so, that everybody, uh, you know, I know my. The last podcast was actually a friend of mine uh, talking about soccer mm-hmm. and, a, and a guy who grew up a little bit on the macho artist line, yeah. you know. And it's not so much that I need everybody to, to be like me, it's just that sort of like. I don't want to be around that level of aggression Mm -hmm. because like we always, we all have that in ourselves and I don't like the super angry, aggressive side of myself. Right. And I don't want to like be in the middle of a stadium of people (laughs) celebrating. Yeah. Your misery. Anger and the violence. And to go back to Star Wars, celebrating the dark side, you know, it's like, I, yeah, uh, so it's hard for me. I like, I love watching the Super Bowl once a year and doing that community. I thought of a way you might indoctrinate yourself, uh, (laughs) which would go counterintuitive, uh, I guess, to, you want people getting podcasts in their ears, but if you're ever on a drive and you listen to a game, uh, just listening to it, it's really a lot better because you get to envision who's there. You get you only, right. and especially if it's announcers that are decent. And most radio people are a lot better because they're you want you don't have to see their dumb bloated sports faces. <laughs> <laughs> These ex sports guys with their alcoholic faces, yeah. you don't see that as much, and. Uh, you don't have to see them drawing on things or you're just listening and like what the visuals are entirely yours. And so that, that could be, you would, that might be not the case if you've never really watched much. Cause then you're like, I don't know what just happened. He described a thing. I don't know what that is, but, yeah. but listening to it or some people will like put on a game and then listen on the radio with that sound. Yeah. But I think I would never instruct anyone to try to get into football. I, <laughs> I, I if people want to do it great, I, I don't feel in any way an ambassador to any of the things I like. I yeah. would never books I've read. I will try to like promote them. Like, yeah. You should, you know, try this out or a TV show or things like that. Like, Oh, you like TV? You might like this one. Right. And it, that feels like 90% of the conversations that happen nowadays. They're like, <laughs> what do you want to on Netflix? <laughs> How do you identify yourself through media? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that I'd want to do that, but I got to get someone into like, trust me, you're going to love playing highlight. Get yourself this <laughs> weird thing. Strap it to your arm. Get out there. Yeah. Fire around the ball. So, way at the beginning of this conversation, and then we'll move on to our how obsessed are you questions, you said that your sort of active part of this obsession right now is mm. any free moment you look up a statistic. Well, I not necessarily a statistic, but just the goings-on, the general goings-on. Okay. So, I, like right now, I've been doing some web design stuff and things I haven't done for years. Okay. Which, so, I, I need to uh, do that in a certain way because I get frustrated easily. I, I don't know how to do it. So, <laughs> so, like, I spend a lot of time, like, searching for little forums and things on how to yeah. find snippets of code and things like that. And then if I'm hitting a dead end or it's not working... 
it, there maybe there's something there where like I know if I search this, I get a result. It gratifies me. It's short. I can read it in two minutes. Yeah, and then I can move on. So it's just like it's the most convenient way to take a little break. And okay. If I look at the news, I get too bummed out. If I look at you know what's going on in science or thing, I'll get too engrossed. And, yeah. And then so it's the easiest way to like. There's nothing that's going to suck me into this. I'll be reading an article and then I'll be out and I'll be back to whatever it was that was frustrating me. So I think that might be a part of it. Yeah. But, well, that sounds pretty healthy to have a little bit of focused distraction. Yeah. You can just really quickly learn about somebody's tibia and how it's doing <laughs> and how that might affect your fantasy football and then you're out. Yeah, exactly. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so I'm going to ask the uh, how obsessed are you questions. Ask okay. my guests, uh, all my guests, these, uh, there are no right or wrong answers. You can just say, I'm not that obsessed. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Do you think about the 49ers every day? Yeah, probably. On so well, I was just traveling. I didn't think about them much. So okay. technically, no. But yeah, if I'm... Especially like if it is football season, it's pretty. It's a pretty safe bet at some way or another. Because like I'll liken it to. I don't want to get too verbose, but oh, please, it's, but, a, it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there are like, what do you like in your life? Are there things that you, uh, like? Not that they're synonymous or that you can mirror yourself with, but yeah. like when I go fishing, and I'll like fish up and up a creek. I know I'd rarely go where I like to sit in a boat. I like move along. Yeah. So e there's something metaphoric about that yeah. where I'm pursuing something. I've got to be relaxed. I've got to approach it in the right way. I can't get too disappointed if there's not something in this pool. I just move on. Yeah. So there are things about that where like, yeah, this is healthy. Like the less you care, the more, the better you're doing usually. Right. So I will a lot of times think about elements of sports in that way of like, well, they, they were facing a pretty dire situation and they pulled it out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you think about the 49ers they in have relationship this, to your own life of like the triumphs they've had when they shouldn't. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they have this catalog that's the longer than my life. So I can remember these cross sections within that and yeah. go, oh, that was a good moment. Whether it's just a little like, hey, that was a good moment or... Oh yeah, that's a good thing to remember that you gotta in implement this or and I, I don't know that it's daily, but at some level I probably do think about them a little bit per day. That's, oh, that's awesome, really. Yeah, <laughs> if it's a healthy thing. I mean, and I you know I've been doing this podcast for a while, and part of why I'm interested in talking to people not just about stuff they like, mm -hmm. but stuff they're obsessed with, is because I'm fascinated with like it's on the edge between being <laughs> a, a great thing and a dark thing. Yeah, I can't make up my mind because it's not a drug addiction. It's not, but it is something. I think a true obsession is something like you're not wild about sharing it. Because it, <laughs> like we we like the culture we live in is, is so conducive to be like I'm the biggest geek. Right. I know everything about Iron Man. Like so does a huge percentage of the population. And yeah. football's no different. And but, you can just look it up real quick now. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't, yeah, you can in five minutes. You know what I was thinking is uh, like the things that we don't know any longer that we can't look up on the internet. Like yeah. Someone still knows them somewhere, but it, it's more about like affectations. You know, like in movies where there'll be a king that pulls out a knife and goes, I wonder how this works and stabs someone. <laughs> <laughs> and then we could go like, did that ever really happen? Like you could never Google that really. Right. But you could find someone who was a scholar who would go, oh yes, quite quite a lot actually. They were kings. That were, and they were like, really? They're, so like, there are still some things you'd have to seek out and go right. to like a you know a library somewhere and look. But there are very few of them that yeah, I can I think want of. more of them in life. I feel like we need them. Do you pursue like... them though? Do you like go use a Dewey Decimal or go even to the new digital thing at the library? No, I don't pursue it. But I I celebrate my moments of ignorance. Like. <laughs> 
When, oh, sweet. I can't learn that. All right. Yeah, well, it's it's not... It's the things that I can learn that if I want, but I'm just going to enjoy... I don't know. Yeah. So, like, instead of going, like, 49ers, I don't know what year they started. I'm going to go... I can think, like... I wonder what year they started. And think <laughs> yeah. about, like, well, if they started this year, what would that mean? What Do, do I know what else was going on historically? And the, hmm. I, the, you, your mind goes on little adventures. If you ask one question that you don't know the answer to, your mind yeah. tries out two or three different doors. Right. And sometimes those doors are more interesting than just knowing, like, yes, Greedo is a Rodian from the planet Rodia. You know, like, <laughs> and there's so many just dumb things that yeah. I know. And I just feel like we're having a culture, like you've been saying, where we value that. <laughs> so... In order to have meaningful knowledge, we do have to at some point value the moment where we don't know. Yeah. Instead of just being convinced we always know or always can. Yeah. I, I mean, how did you do on tests and things? Were you a crammer? Did you keep the retain the information well beyond it, or did it like come no. and go? Uh, I'm a I'm a crammer. I can yeah. I can memorize the hell out of something, and then goodbye, unless <laughs> it's something I think about every yeah. day. Uh, so like dumb Star Wars stuff, I think about enough. That it stays in my head. That scares me because I... I <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so. No, not you. I, I feel like we're all that way. I don't know that anyone really knows anything. Like, if you talk to people that are studying, they know it. But, like, well, it's cheating. You're, you're around it every day. Or you're a professor. That's yeah. ridiculous. But everyone else that's just kind of, like, going through life, the amount of things we learn daily and then get rid of... Yeah. Like, stories will come up that just barely tickle the back of my mind where I'm like... That sounds really familiar. <laughs> I feel like I have a story about how I got upgraded on a flight once, but I cannot it's remember. Gone. It. It's gone. <laughs> just too many stupid things have been through my head since then. Yeah. So I don't know that we like who really knows anything anymore. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> everybody certainly feels like they do. Uh, speaking of which, my next question kind of kind of ties in. <laughs> Would you start a conversation with a random stranger about the 49ers? I feel like you've kind of already answered that. Like, yeah, kind you of, like I mean, to feel people out before you engage. There are certain types of paraphernalia where I would be like, "This person is a sweet ass fan," and I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would talk to them. Like an obscure jersey, or yeah, like... yeah. If they had like uh, Merton Hanks jersey or something like that, where like <laughs> we could immediately start a conversation because uh, everyone's going to have like the standard people, but there are like these figures throughout the history of the team, and like if someone had. A jersey, I would, or like, like I, <laughs> this is ridiculous. The, so the shirt that I would like wear to games, I made it. I bought this red shirt at a, a thrift store and then I bought a patch and sewed it on there to cover what was like a logo that had been on the shirt prior. But that's also because like, that's how Bill Walsh did it. Who's yeah. like the greatest coach, not just 49ers coach, but he was the best. And so like, People would come over and be like, sweet Bill Walsh shirt, man. And so that was a way to like be a beacon where people would, if right. it was, it was a weird way to just like set up this barrier where people that knew that would come over and be like, we'd start chatting. Yeah. And it's typically, like signs for like a dating culture where like, hey, if I'm wearing a red handkerchief, talk to me about the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if you had like the digits of pie on your shirt or something yeah. like that, there would be a handful of people, more than you would think, that would get it yeah. and not, give, not care at all. But then there'd be someone that would come like, I love that shirt because today is pie day. Yeah. Or what, you know, like, yeah. So you might like, that's a good way to just run this. So, and oddly enough, like the people that I would chat with rarely would it be this in-depth obnoxious conversation where you're like, you're enjoying it, but then also going, please leave. <laughs> that's one of us just said this. This is getting too much. So you would engage a stranger who had some sort of signage that said, 
we can connect on an obscure level, but you mm-hmm. would only do it if you have an escape plan as well. Usually like the walk by, you know, like if you're at, <laughs> you know, you're out before a game and there are tailgate parties happening or something. And then you see like a pin on someone's shirt or it's more common now, but these old cool satin 49ers jackets okay. were like so synonymous with the team in the eighties. And they're, they've come back around lately, but every now and again, you'd see one of those when it wasn't so cool and be like, that's the best coat. And then the person <laughs> would go, I know I got it. They'd have a story. And then you'd like move on. Like, great. Yeah. Thanks for the narrative. And now we're done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Would you ever get a 49ers tattoo? No, no, God, no. You're not a tattoo person, are you? I would consider getting a tattoo. It's hard for me to commit to something like that because, like, I would find something asymmetrical or something about it that would just bug me. Right. And, and you know, the, the ink that always fades looks, it just, I don't yeah. like how it wears it. I like them when they have a, like people that have a really great skin tone and really vibrant tattoos. Yeah. I feel like, oh, I, if I had that, I'd get a tattoo. <laughs> Do you feel like you have the wrong skin tone? <laughs> I have the wrong skin tone. To express your love of 49ers via tattoo. Oh God. The people that have sports tattoos rarely make any sense when they tell me about them. Okay. Even if it's like unbearably sad or whatever, I'm still like, still didn't sell me. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Would you write slash fiction about the 49ers? No. Yeah, I, I, like, People would do that with um, Professor Blastoff. uh, Oh, really? A podcast. And, um, you know, it was... Uh, it just wrapped recently, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The, it ended in the summer. But people, not not that they would write us. Uh, here's a story I wrote about you guys or whatever. But they they would you know draw pictures for us, send us things, make us things. Okay. And I don't think they were obsessed. I think they just really liked it and they felt involved in something. Right. And and I don't feel that way with like I did some videos for them and they were on their website and me and some other comedians did that and oh, that cool. felt really cool of like this is fun to do. We love the team. This is like a really enjoyable way to be involved with the team. Right. But the idea of, you know, writing letters or stories. Or, I mean, when I was six, I would draw pictures of <laughs> <laughs> someone throwing to someone else. But not or, slash fiction. No, no, no. When you're six, probably not. Uh, good. Uh, would you watch a movie about the 49ers made by Michael Bay? Who did Any Given Sunday? Because that was kind of Michael Bayish. I think that was Oliver Stone. Or something oh, wow. Like that. Yeah. So you never know. I I gave the last thing of his I gave a chance was the one with Mark Wahlberg and The Rock mm-hmm. where they it was like a true story about, okay. about the weightlifter guys or something. Oh, like this that. was that one movie that everybody was like, it's a Michael Bay movie, but it's good. Yeah. And they yeah. were incorrect. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's only the former of those. <laughs> but I, I, there was, you know, like going through, I'm like, he knows how to direct. I, I wouldn't want to like completely, uh, deride his skills. He just chooses things that don't align with what I enjoy yeah. in a movie. And so it would, I think with the Niners, it would be too heightened and move too quickly and be too slick. And yeah, I'd rather someone like, uh, what would I like? The guy who the guy I feel bad that I don't remember his name. The guy who did in Bruges and um, oh yeah, Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, I think he'd do a really good job with it. Just make it weird enough, but also like it moves at a decent pace and like holds yeah. the story. And um, I think yeah, if there were Forty ers movie made that way, that'd be pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm just gonna enjoy not remembering that director's name. I guess <laughs> just talking about wallow in my ignorance. Would you break up with someone who did not like the Forty ers who or who didn't like you liking them? 
Oh, I can understand them breaking up with me. <laughs> <laughs> you would allow them to break up with you. <laughs> One time. So this is ridiculous, but so there was this quarterback controversy in 2012. The team was winning, and then they switched quarterbacks when the when the starting quarterback got hurt. He got a concussion. There's okay. kind of this unwritten rule in sports. You don't lose your job via injury. But the backup came in, and he didn't play significantly better. He just gave them this juice, this weird energy that okay. just seemed like they were playing better. But from a t- statistical standpoint, same virtually on everything. Okay. Um, he may have done... He was doing better in certain things, like yards per attempt, which is a bit... Uh, yeah. I can see YPA, <laughs> right? how stupid that... Yeah. No. Makes, yeah. Okay. So... There was just this weird energy in the in the team suddenly where I was like, "Hey, like, hey, look at us now. We're yeah. we're a, we're a um, energized team." And then years pri- like a, a year or two prior, the starting quarterback had been kind of like just the ire of the fan base. They'd been bad for a long time, and he'd been there. One of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, let alone sports, is not worst things in my life, <laughs> but worst things I've witnessed as far as humanity was. Uh, he was playing poorly in a game and he ran and fumbled the ball and an entire fan, 70,000 people chanted that they wanted the backup. And he's just standing on this. I, I felt like bursting into tears. Like, look at this guy. He made a mistake. Like just ease up a little. And he went back in the game and he played great, but they still lost. And the people were just that had it with him. Wow. So he, Later won some games, and then he got invited to throw out the first pitch at a Giants game. And he dribbled it across the plate. <laughs> it was horrible. You saw people go like, you could hear from his cell phone, it was just like this background conversation like, Oh, there's Alex. He's probably oh, going to throw... Oh. <laughs> you hear the whole stadium kind of go... Oh, oh massive sound of vague and, disappointment. It was so terrible. But then the next day, he had an unbelievable game, and he played yeah. phenomenally. So there's nothing really to be said about that, except you can energize an entire group of people. You yeah. Get the, so this new quarterback comes in, and he gets invited out to throw the first pitch of the game. This is in a season where like, they're winning, and he's taking over control, and he's bigger, and he's stronger, and he used to be a baseball pitcher. And he goes out there in jeans and a you know baseball cap, and f- not even from the stretch, just w- like barely a wind-up, and throws it 85 miles an hour, like high and outside, but still a good pitch. And yeah. you hear the crowd go, oh! Like, they can't even believe it. They're just so excited. Like, oh! And then they all start cheering. So I brought up those two YouTube videos next to each other. And I was just going one to the next. Like, ah! Oh! Ah! Oh! <laughs> but we were in bed. And my girlfriend was like, all right, that's enough. And then I was like, but, 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 but listen. Like, you can hear the difference. <laughs> and she goes... All right, and then I did it a few more times, and then she goes, "You're cr- cr- driving me cr- cr- crazy!" Like she couldn't get her words out. I wow. had like driven her crazy, and uh, so that's the closest I can think to someone like breaking up with me. Or I never would break up with someone, but I could understand right. them being like, "Dude, this is a little much." But the minutia of your obsession in this moment drove this woman to madness. Complete madness, and then we had a good laugh about it because yeah. she was like choking on her words. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you think it was the minutia of the sports, or was it just not being able to absorb that compact of the human story of just failure, <laughs> success, failure, success, failure, success? I think like there is something to be said about humans like wanting to know stuff and more so wanting to be right about stuff. Yeah, and well, actually, like Leia, if they hadn't met here, this is what you know. No, 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 because there was this thing. Is the Federation was 
was here, and then Vader was actually, and they just like go on and on about it until someone like they just part ways. But this was a situation where like I felt like I was tapping into something where like. I got it. Like, I know, I know what happened. <laughs> this, this is a breaking point here. This is where the team took off or like they changed their personality or right. something. I don't know. And, and there's nothing there. It was just the me. The energy little, that you can't quantify. Yeah. yeah. I was just getting a little too, too invested. So. <laughs> this is why I don't bring laptops to bed myself. That's smart. Yeah. I, I, I don't anymore. Keep you a happy marriage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just the smartphone. Is it any better? Uh, <laughs> would you swear at a nun over the 49ers? No. I, I would swear at a nun. I, my <laughs> great aunt was a nun. <laughs> that whole uniform doesn't do anything for me. I, I There's a level of respect of like, well, I'd hope they would respect me as a person. Yeah. And I, but if the nun did something crappy to me, I would curse right at them. Yeah. And not feel any different for it. But no, sports would never elicit. Like, it would be awesome. To see. I would be laughing hysterically if a nun was like, you and your 49ers go straight to hell. Suck Satan's cock. <laughs> would you uh, ever cosplay as the 49ers at like a comic book convention? Well, when I was six, I did. And I, <laughs> there's a picture of me. Like, I... I not, my neither of my parents were sporty, so I don't remember who taught me how to throw a ball. Uh, but at some point, I got I asked for and got a full length Joe Montana costume, and then went out in the yard and like posed and was just throwing the ball and running and getting it and throwing it some more. Was this a jersey or like a costume, like a child size costume? <gasps> child size costume. <laughs> It was the best. A little Riddell plastic helmet. Yeah. And and this face mask looked real. It was more of a kicker's face mask, but it looked pretty similar to Joe Montana. And then you got shoulder pads. Yeah. I mean, and a jersey that smelled this great, like, plasticky, weird smell. (sighs) I was afraid there. What it was going to smell like. We rubbed all these jerseys on Joe Montana himself. Yeah, send them out to you. Oh, it was great. And if I still had that, I would still wear that jersey because it was so huge. It fit over shoulder pads. I bet I could still wear it now okay. like as a t-shirt so yeah I, w- I would wear that but no I, it, it, like cosplay as a football player that yeah it's a, it's a weird question because yeah. that's the already costume uh, <laughs> but do you do you have jerseys do you wear jerseys around no, now no no and do you way. actively not like I don't want to engage yeah. if I got one I, I would you know frame it and hang it if someone like off, you know, hey, I got this signed jersey from Jerry Rice or something. Yeah. Whoa, I would be psyched. I would I would frame it and I would hang it. But the idea of where just just I don't like if I ever go do karaoke, I try not to do it of people who are currently living. <laughs> and I would never want to wear a jersey of someone who could run into me and be like, Oh, you, you Oh, you, you want you, to you're dressed like me. Be me. You know, I'm a man that's younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to live inside my body. You remove your soul into me, right? That's what you yeah. No! It's not so much that. But. <laughs> it is a weird thing. It was a weird thing to emulate yeah, living people. Yeah. I think really social media has helped with that a little bit because now you, you'll know like, oh, that person's a human. <laughs> <laughs> that I used to want to be that person. Uh, this is the final question I ask everybody. It's a very weird question. If you couldn't uh, watch the 49ers or read about them without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still pursue your interest in the 49ers? 
See, that's where it comes in. Where like, I don't want, I currently don't want to be looking stuff up. Okay. So I wish there was something where a person would knock on my door. And be like, dude, my balls are so <laughs> swollen. And I'm like, all right, I gotta stop now. Now it's getting real because <laughs> I think I need something like that. Because it's as it is now, it's like such an addictive thing. Well, it's not hurting anyone. Yeah. Well, that really doesn't take that much time. Well, it's constantly making these concessions. And yet, but if I, yeah, if there was something like that. I would no, of course not. I wouldn't look it up. I'd prefer to be a fan that just could open the newspaper and see the box score. Yeah, like, cool. All right, they won. I'm gonna try to watch next week, definitely if it's gonna be on locally. But if it's not, I'm not gonna like drive to. I mean, there were periods where like I would drive every week, and they were okay. and they're terrible. They don't get shown on TV, so you have to like drive all over the place. And I'd be doing comedy, and I'd have to like race around town, <laughs> place I didn't know. Like, oh, can I see the game here? And so yeah, I, I would much rather not be invested. So some of your current concern mm-hmm. where you you would prefer to be punched in the balls by a mystery figure mm-hmm. than give too much time to this. Yeah. Those fears are based on having given too much time to it in the past. No, they're based on like this potential of I could be spending my time better. Okay. I I, I was just uh, overseas. I had never been uh, like to Europe or anywhere. I'd never left the Americas and being in a place where you don't speak the language and not even a little bit of it is yeah. so maddening. You feel like an idiot. <laughs> you just, and people lean over and go, is, there, is this one thing here is very good? And you'd be like, thank you. Can you tell that to the guy? <laughs> you're my only source. Yes. Of, and that sucks. That's the worst feeling because you're like, <clears throat> thanks, buddy, but I can do this. Nothing. I can't in any way communicate. So I'm at the mercy yeah. of a stranger next to me. And there's a part of me thinking there, like, I've accrued enough blog time with these stupid sports that I could have been able to say, I'd like the duck. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I I was in Paris and some kind waitstaff were trying to tell me, you can't use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand any of their gestures or the words. They were just like, <laughs> and I was like, hello. And just kept going to the bathroom until one of them physically stood in front of the bathroom, like crossed his arms in an X. And like, no, no. Like, oh, I can't. Got it. I hope you were being the most American you possibly could. Uh, like, radio chief. Well, there's just no way. Like, uh, I lived in London with my uh, fiance at the time, now wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both spoke very quietly because I would hear other Americans and it's just the tenor of our voice, the yeah. way we pronounce things is just louder. So, like, I knew that if I say anything, it comes across as just like, hello, I am from America. Like, it's so loud and obnoxious. I saw the the Americans were there. They A person pulled over and was rolled down a window from a car and was trying to ask them a thing on a map. And they were going, we can't help you. We're tourists. Americans. <laughs> Why would you speak in that tone? Yeah, it's uh, slow and obnoxious. Yeah. But very honest. We're Americans. We can't help you. <laughs> like that's, that's very true. We think we can. Always. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, for your obsession, I feel like it seems like you are under control. Thank you. It, yeah, I understand that feeling of like, if I had not wasted all these incremental bits of time, oh my, I could do. But I don't know if we're wired. You said that earlier. I don't know yeah. if we're wired to be to the yeah. absolute true potential that we all tell ourselves that we should be. I so, just don't know if we can. I completely agree. And yet I always want to rail against it. And I, and I think there is something to be said for like a little bit of self-loathing. Yeah. Or some sort of like self kind of... Just that little bit of 
not disappointment, but you need to spur yourself like I can be better. So if you right. have something that is definitively like this is such a stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that there's a sliding scale with all people. Like some people are just surrounded by filth watching horrible TV and being like that could be worse. I'm yeah. doing all right. I got a job. <laughs> I'm alive. Yeah, like pretty better yourself. But yeah, I, I understand that is an impetus to Make mm-hmm. yourself better. Um, I ask everybody to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession? All right, let me think of this. All right. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just kind of like a... Uh. <laughs> is that just your emotional reaction to a bad play? To a yeah, bad choice? Because I mean, there's, no, there's nothing really visceral about, like, excitement. It's only just of myself sitting down and learning something and just like, ugh, that is... So stupid. <laughs> or that someone would come in and look over my shoulder and be like, what are you? Re- you're a, you're an adult. What are you? There's <laughs> a big world out there. You don't know French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're reading about this. Um, I have some final questions. I don't have anything to do with the uh, your obsession. They can if you want. But before that, do you want to plug anything? Tell people where they can find you out on the wild internet? Sure, sure. The Junk Show happens the second Sunday of every month right here in Los Angeles. Joseph has been a guest on Yeah, it's great fun. Fun show. The next one's December 13th at the Copper Still on Beverly Boulevard. It's at 8 p.m. Um, I have a Twitter. All the things you can find out about me are on davidhunsberger.com. I have a new podcast called Space Cave, which is on iTunes and thespacecave.com. And... What is the Space Cave about? So it's me. Um, the, the beginning is I chat with people like strangers on Twitter for about oh, 10 cool. minutes. And then I sit down and chat with... Um, experts or you know some sort of educated person on something a lot of a lot of scientists cool. um and then we have beers and just kind of <laughs> <That's laughs> sounds great it's fun yeah uh, the building a beer into your podcast is really smart i think so it, it gives like a, a nice little anchor where if the conversation ever gets stale you can just talk about the beer or <laughs> and I, I, I think there's something too like when you have a beer with somebody again like beer culture and how it's mass advertised yeah it's it's gross i don't want to be synonymous with that but you know wine also gets you drunk it's a you know, it's a drug and yeah. it's maintained some level of class. And so I, I'd like to think that's kind of happening with people who are brewing beer in a way that they are proud of. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And so there are so many, you know, great little microbreweries springing up or people doing it out of their own houses. And so I, I like to support that. I like the idea that, you know, we, we're not getting hammered together. We're just having some beers. Right. And it, to me, it fosters like uh, the conversations where, I don't know. You ever had those in your life where, like, you look back and, like, that was fun. Like, oh, just yeah. Just sitting there shooting the shit. Yeah, and beer definitely helps that. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of social lubricant. Right. Um, cool. So, final questions uh, are weird little questions. If you had <laughs> to enter a speed-eating contest, what is the one thing you would want to eat? I ate an entire jar of mayonnaise in, <laughs> like, three minutes one time. <laughs> I'm picturing you doing this at six in your <laughs> costume. No. I was, like, 25, and I had been running my mouth at a party. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> and so the next night was open mic, and someone showed up and had two jars of mayonnaise. And for some reason, my friend had agreed to do it, but he didn't even like mayonnaise. I yeah. love mayonnaise. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was already kind of hungover to begin with. And and oh, then God. a friend of ours was doing his open mic set. And I was like, would you mind if we did this during your set? Like, do your normal set. We're just going to come up, 
we set down stools and we had these like um, wine buckets that had a napkin in them, a spoon, and the jar of mayonnaise. Nice. So we came up on stage and like set the bucket down, reached in, pulled out the mayonnaise, cracked it so the plastic came off, put a spoon in, cheersed each other. And then our friend was just on stage. And so my girlfriend comes in and I'm just... <laughs> no one's listening to your friend, right? Not at all. Like, they could not... <laughs> you would see their eyes wander up to him every now and again and they just look back and you hear some groans and stuff. Yeah. And it was just big, huge scoop after <laughs> big, huge scoop of mayonnaise. <laughs> and you'd hear murmurings of like, that's fake. That can't possibly be real. <laughs> and I just was like in a zone. I didn't address them in any way. I just ate the entire thing. And then... Cling, 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 Set it back down in the bucket. Like, I, you know, the spoon yeah. rattled against the sides. There was nothing There's in proof. there. Yeah. And then I walked back to the back of the room and everyone was just... Somewhere it was on tape. Someone had okay. filmed it, but I it just disappeared. And did the I, other person finish? I hadn't looked over at him okay. at all. You just walked away like And a people had been chuckling and I didn't know what they were laughing at. He ate, like, two bites. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like... He goes, if it had been Miracle Whip, I could have done it. I don't like mayonnaise. Like, why would you agree to do that then? So he was with every attempt going, ugh. And then eating a little bit and, like, plow, you know, powering it down. And I was just... And you were just shoveling, through. just speeding. Yeah. And did you... Vomit horribly. <laughs> so I uh, I got to the back and everyone was just kind of looking at me like, "Are you gonna live?" <laughs> and then I started like once I saw their eyes and realized like how totally normal I felt, I started being like, "What did I just put in my body?" Like, yeah, that's a lot of saturated fat. And so I had a beer and <laughs> I thought like I gotta think this through. And then I went home and it was late, you know, like midnight or one o'clock. And then I went for a, a walk with my dog. And then I, the more I started thinking about it, the more I started getting like, I can't let this stuff like stay in my system. All yeah. So I made myself throw up. Wow. And they were just like these splotches of white along the road. <laughs> and that was, and then I, th- I woke well, up. You made yourself throw up <laughs> while you're walking your dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so every 20 feet, they're like, oh, there's more of it. Cause there's a lot in there. Yeah. And, uh, and then the next morning I woke up and vomited some more and then, uh, so I don't know if I were going to speed eat, it'd be pie or something. You know what though? Like I wouldn't want it to be something that I love that I might later. Turn on. Yeah. Yeah. I still eat mayonnaise now, which is crazy. Yeah. Cause if you eat an entire jar of mayonnaise, it is not homogenized. There are different textures. Oh throughout. yeah. It's yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was the worst part of yeah. eating. And you're like, what was that? A little mayonnaise surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you'd probably just do mayonnaise again. No, I couldn't. I couldn't bear it. I've already done that one. So, yeah, I guess I didn't answer it. Um, Mustard? No, I would do... You know what would be fun is be like artichokes because you couldn't eat them that fast. So, you'd just be Yeah, you'd really have to. Yeah, or like chips and guacamole or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think there'd be a lot of injuries. Chips are sharp. You would cut yourself and get guacamole. That's where you go artichoke, my friend. All right. Yeah, yeah, they easily slip down. You can just swallow them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Next question. If you could hug any American president, living or dead, who would you hug? (laughs) You know, everyone would say Abe Lincoln, I would imagine. I mean, that's a pretty good one to go He's with. He's pretty huggable. He was the best. And uh, I, I like him on a personal level. Yeah. Um, the, this, like the Gettysburg Address, when he get, got up and gave it, it's short. And then he walked back over and it was like the first, you could hear the, the stage boards creaking as he walked back over and sat down. And then clapping started happening. Yeah. It was like everyone realized like, oh, uh, that's a good point. 
we did say all men are created equal. <laughs> and then, like the slow clap started. You got us. So how could you not go back and hug him right at that point? Like, yeah, so like all creak, these... creak, creak, applause. Yeah, like Dave goes creak, in for creak. the hug. Yeah, and then I'm there like that was the best. <laughs> you changed the course of our nation. <laughs> but I will say Taft because he's heavy. Yeah, be a fun guy to hug. And James Madison was five feet four inches tall. Really? The, so the average height of the American CEO nowadays is 5'10 or higher, I believe. People, for whatever reason, don't automatically show a level of respect to people that are under 5'9", you know, 5'8". Yeah. 5'4", and running the country. Wow. Must have been, and he owned slaves. What a terrible person. <laughs> he must have been he just, doesn't really deserve a hug. I just want to hug him to see, like, I want to get a sense of him. Was so you want to see, like, how he takes it. If he's yeah. like, oh, I need this. I'm vulnerable. Or like, <laughs> yeah. whatever, I don't need your hug. Yeah. I'm a I short think, asshole slave owner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Napoleon gets all the credit for being short and angry, but I think yeah. James Madison is no slouch. <laughs> Excellent. I love that you would hug them to sense their character. That's, that's great. Uh, and the final question for everyone on the podcast, is not quite as wacky, but it can be. What is happiness? Good question. Is it the pursuit? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is what you make it to be. Or I think it's, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, unattainable, like pure yeah. happiness. I mean, every other day there's some mass shooting, our friends pass away, and so happiness can be this kind of... Uh, like cynical thing. You're like, how could you be happy on in a world that has so many bad things? Right, you know? like it's like, almost like bad to be happy. Right, you see someone smiling. What the hell are you smiling at? Have you seen the news? I mean, it's terrible out there. So I think it's maybe a a facade at times. It can be any of those words. I think it's just what you make it to be. Yeah. Like, if you want to be a happy person and spread that around the world, it's like a mindset. So I don't know if any one word of that defines it, but I think it's whatever you choose those to be. Yeah. Cool. What, so, for your moments of happiness, mm -hmm. is it when you've accomplished something? No, not really. I, like, I did this Kickstarter special last year, and it was an insane amount of work. I had to, uh, one, I had to, like, animate some of it, and then I had to, like, give notes to the animators and give them direction and ideas and, and do some, like, reformatting to get things to play correctly in certain, um, um, like, uh, software we were using. Yeah. And then I had to orchestrate through like gear companies and a film crew and fly everyone down there and get hotel rooms and then, and then have my set ready and then go and do it. And like once it was done, it felt like quite an accomplishment. Yeah. And afterward, I think what I really liked about it was that I had gotten everybody together. Like all these creative people, they were artists, they were animators, yeah. there was someone that brewed beer and brought it for the whole thing. And we seeing them all together and be, and the, that I was like sort of the straw that stirred that drink. Phenomenal. I mean, nice. that was that made me the happiest of just like, wow, we set out to do this thing. We all kind of went into it with just the idea of doing it for the sake of it being creative. Yeah. And we did it. And so it wasn't the accomplishment. I wasn't afterwards like, oh, I did it. It was, <laughs> it was kind of looking around all these people that didn't know each other and just being like, this is great. So Awesome. That, yeah, that made me pretty happy. I love moments of happiness that are in the middle of something that's not yeah. all teleological of like everything is about the end. I'm just like, <laughs> right. I enjoy looking around myself in the middle of this mess and going, awesome. Yeah. I made this. <laughs> you know, I really like, that's <clears throat> why so I like the junk show so much. I like people coming together that way. I like the vibe there. I mean, it makes me happy to see my friends perform and you know you like doing stand up a lot of times you can be in the back of the room like how the hell did this person get on this show like this is terrible yeah and I don't like that feeling no one likes to feel that way and yeah. then but when it's my own thing and it's people that like 
I like that they are there and I'm happy that, and that sounds so sour grapesy. I mean, I, I, I don't remember a huge period in my life where I was very like, <laughs> it's so negative, but I did yeah. know like I wasn't enjoying comedy as much. Maybe I was in the back of the room just kind of studying people more so than yeah. just enjoying the comedy, you know, and, and kind of like, what are they doing here? What's their thing? Or And, and that's not fun. So no. the junk show, like the animators, magicians, musicians, like every part of it, I just, I like that that feeling of like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. That's right. pretty cool. I mean, you're just like a very casual ringmaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to be doing is like bringing it with the good things in life. I yeah. consider those to be like artistic endeavors or, you know, creative pursuits and like facilitating those things all coming together. And so seeing that makes me happy. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.